Finally come to this. It has. Yeah. I've been waiting for it to come to this. I know. I know you have, and uh, it's been a while. It, we we were uh, we're a little behind. Nobody else has seen this movie, and yeah. I've been dying for people to see Bones and All. I know. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Uh, and yeah, I just I feel like I want to say real quick thank you to the people who listen, and uh, we've missed like the last two out of three weeks, and it's been gear, and it's. Uh, that's my department, and uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm the talent around here. Got, yeah, Charlie's exactly. the gear guy. You know? uh, that's how we do it. He's and putting my talent on ice. After 200, we want that breather. Cool it down. It was just getting too, ice down. We had too, too much high, hype, man. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so now we have a new piece of gear, and I'm working We're with firing. it for the first time, and it sounds good. I think. And we and, needed uh, that big comeback episode yeah. after being off a couple weeks. So what better movie to do? <laughs> Than one I've been dying to do for like six months now. One that most people haven't seemed to even heard of. And or... the people that did hated what it, this movie <laughs> had to say to them. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not more well-liked. <laughs> this, this was my favorite people movie. People don't give a movie a chance anymore, honestly. A movie like this, it doesn't just fall into the one category easily. And it does not. And I think those yeah. categories are, are really pointless for a movie like this. Mm. I loved it. Man, I loved this. This is one of those surprises... I always think about that movie, uh, Ghost Story, mm-hmm. which was such a... The David Lowry... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey Affleck as a ghost. Which I saw on just some Wednesday night out at mm. Summerfield. Didn't know about... Just saw like, hey, there's a movie called Ghost Story. Reviews are good. Sounds good. Ghost movie on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then I'm driving home at just 11 p.m. Like, just thinking. In the yeah. dark silence of this movie I did not expect and... Bones and All was that same unexpected end-of-year, no-hype surprise. Mm. Knocked me on my ass, man. I have not stopped thinking about this movie for six months. Cool. It was a Thanksgiving-slash-Christmas release. Yeah, strange release time there. And no matter who they marketed it to, hated this movie. That's what, yeah, Because exactly. this, when it was marketed as a horror movie, the people that went for the horror movie saw 90 percent of a tender romance yeah you kind of forget that this is a cannibal movie uh, yeah you know it, i didn't know it was a cannibal movie when i saw this that's funny and i don't think anybody who saw this movie in the theaters knew what this was either it was somebody wanted horror and got romance or somebody who heard it was a romance with timothy chalamet mm-hmm. and instead got cannibals mm-hmm I had no idea really what gross it was, cannibals right? Too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This is not like cooking steak like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> this is non on the bone. When I say that, when I say this surprised me, this was another Wednesday night ghost story movie, mm-hmm. right? All I knew, only thing I needed to get me into that seat, new Luca Guadagnino. Yes, Luca yeah. makes uh, movies and TV that I love. Mm-hmm. We talked about him. Uh, Call me by your name. Oh. Kind of an outlier for us, but uh, you're a movie not a, again. You, you are not a romantic, but did you fall in love yeah. with the visuals in "Call Me by Your Name"? Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to wear short shorts. I wanted shorts. to live in that villa in oh. Italy where they were, right? Luca Guadagnino has this way of capturing these eras that are not photorealistic. Mm. He does not just do an accurate version of 1985 Italy. His fashion is of the era, but not actually like how people dressed. He has this real sense of style and fashion. He did this show called We Are Who We Are mm. on HBO. Uh, it was really good and had this weird sense of fashion and delivery and style that people didn't have in the era it was set. Mm. But it also feels period authentic. He is so clever and so interested in how all of this looks that it just always sucks me in. I was trying to figure out exactly what time period Bones and all is. I figured 90s, but then some references made it seem like 80s. I'd say like 87, 88 yeah. is where I'm feeling it. Based on her age, her birth year, mm -hmm. as we see on her birth certificate, but even before that, all the visual. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't notice There that. is an actual date hidden you know, somewhere in there, but yeah, just listening to the Kiss Lick It Up record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, It's true. like an 87, 88. And there was a lot of uh, yeah, New Order kind of music playing. But this is, he's an Italian director, and he did after Call Me By Your Name, which is my favorite romance of the last decade. I love it. I don't know. Maybe enough said. I don't know. want my Gandolfini, uh, <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Well, you, oh, you like West Side Story, too. I do love, God, I love West Side <laughs> Story. Shit. Uh, <laughs> but I love his love story here. I love, it's such a different love story than Call Me By Your Name. Uh, yeah. Which is really, but it's also the same themes of like exploratory, something that's new to you, something that you're just finding out like you are, hmm. right? That same sense of like growing, whether you want it or not, and how it's happening. And he's really good at capturing this, right? I love the dude's work. Suspiria, he does a year later, something totally different. Yeah, I really dug the remake of Suspiria. It's what sure. we, we've done. Yeah. We're doing his two romances now, and we've not done Suspiria. We'll get there. Of we'll course. There. It's on the list. Talk about doing something totally different. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be more different from the original. He did yeah. his own cool, weird-ass, almost drably colored Oh, yeah. Thing. Like, seemed to, seemed to do that on purpose, right? Set it in this cold Berlin uh, German architecture setting, and yeah. Everything different, but then it still has that insane ending, and I dug it. I dig it a lot. I love how this guy's yeah. ideas work, man. And this story that he tells, again, I say surprise. Now, I just knew there was a new Luca movie out. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm going. And it's got Chalamet. Yeah. For all I knew, it was a Call Me By Your Name sequel. Yep. Which is a thing that he That's he's... probably why a lot of people ended up going to it, right? <laughs> if they heard about Guadagnino and Chalamet. That's all I knew about. So for all I knew, ooh, we're getting another chapter yep. in that boy's Italian romance. <laughs> and instead, I get this soft, understated, like, small town life, right? And suddenly I am so excited that we are getting this slice of coming of age from his point of view, oh, man, a Midwest high school, mm -hmm. the poor side of town. God, he's doing that. He's doing that America. Right. It opens with not Chalamet, but Taylor Russell, our main lady. I'm a big Taylor Russell head because, mm. as you all might know, 
I'm a big Escape Room series junkie. Oh, we know. I support the entire <laughs> franchise. And she's in those. She, I haven't seen those. I gotta see the. Escape I looked her up on IMDb. I was like, I've seen this girl in tons of things. Like, no, I've seen her in the two escape rooms, and I love Escape Room Tournament of Champions so much. Bones and All is one of the only movies of the last few years I love more than Escape Room Tournament <laughs> of Champions. Wow, and Taylor's in both of them. That's pretty cool. And she is good, man. She is good in Escape Room colon Tournament of Champions. An incredible movie. Mm-hmm powerful shocking we're talking about escape room escape room tournament of champions <laughs> specifically but man her performance in bones and all i thought this was going to be a chalamet story no this is a taylor Russell no it's her story. story yeah she is so good and i get excited all, right away i see him, oh man he's doing a high school movie he's gonna do like 80s high school fashion in the midwest mm-hmm. God, he's gonna be he's gonna do so good at it and <laughs> it's, a, it's her like yeah it opens with her playing piano in the auditorium and her friend says come over tonight and sneak out and it's her and her dad who's probably drunk and having her drive him home and this yeah total america he's like teaching her how to drive yeah probably drunk <laughs> i mean he's a working man the man drinks at <laughs> night and lives in his double wide but man sleeping on the couch no this is like you know it was him showing rural midwest kind yeah. of Below middle class, low class America, right? right? And God, I was so excited and so getting into this mood of him doing that story, right? And I didn't know about the skin eating. <laughs> the skin eating that happens like 10 minutes into this movie fucking jumped me out of my seat, man. That's great. What? This, this did become a coming of age story for a teenage girl and couldn't have been more incredible version of that right She's got a, well and coming of age uh and coming to terms as a uh as a cannibal yeah as an unrepentant bloodthirsty cannibal a lot of people <laughs> that i know only knew it was a cannibal movie yeah I, every, I had heard about the cannibalism. everybody only heard about the cannibalism me and everyone else i saw it in the theater every time i saw it in the theater clearly didn't know about the cannibalism mm. i saw a lot of people that were cl- I heard a lot of upset people after this movie. <laughs> Every time. It was always people that went on a date night to see a new romance and thought it was going to be more like Twilight. Well, even the posters are like her because she eventually meets Chalamet and they have a, a romance. And all yeah. the posters are like them, like forehead to forehead, like mm-hmm. deep in emotion. It's like they're coming out to see the Sunrise notebook. on the hillside. And it's like... Bones and all. They are getting, they were wanting the notebook, and instead they're getting Mark Rylance in his like briefs. Oh my God. And just not getting the vibes that they were wanting, right? And then I saw horror dirtbags there too, right? And they are just quiet. Because this is a quiet movie. This is a real kind of gross movie, but also not, not in a showy way. It could have gone farther. And the ways mm-hmm. it chooses to push what it ends up showing us. Man, I was sucked in. It was a different movie than I expected after that first. Like, man, we're getting a high school love story. It's great. It, it feels almost like a movie um, where he set out to dupe people. <laughs> like, he's, he's specifically, <laughs> you know, he gets Chalamet back. So you have Chalamet as your protagonist, you know, star. And everyone's going to be thinking, call me by your name. Yeah. He does not have Army Hammer come back. 
So I know already. of all the times. <laughs> this guy has to bring Chloe 70 back, has to bring Chalamet back. He's bringing them all. He brings back Stuhlbarg. Yeah, He's exactly. He's working with his cannon. But he, he switches everyone. Stuhlbarg's a thousand degrees different than he is in Call Me By Your you Name. Think? And the so, one guy from that movie that doesn't show up again is the Arnie cannibal. Hammer, this is the time, <laughs> man. They wrote that man out of Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. This was the comeback. How you how know he's pissed. You know dude, he's pissed. He's like how, Luca. How could you do this? How to me? down in it do you have to be? <laughs> do you know how many unreturned emails he sent to this to Guadagnino man? He's you like, know just, you're on the I, outs. I don't have to eat anyone on camera. I just yeah. want to be in the movie. Yeah. You want some publicity for the movie? You put a cannibal in your cannibal movie, <laughs> man. You do it right. I drink baby blood. <laughs> Use it. Use it, man. Is that what, I? I you know, I never read. I don't know. Blood. I've never I actually read that. about it. I'll just. I'll just. I'm just a I hater. Know he's a bad man. But uh, and we're not supposed to like this movie, man. When it goes into the skin eating, I loudly exclaimed. I let out an, an oh shit. It's uh yeah in we this, in this theater, man. It is visceral. The foley work oh, is yeah. so strong in this oh. movie. Shout out to the I'm foley just, like, heads my finger out there. Because that's uh, yeah. This girl, I'm falling in love with this movie, right? You give me hanging out with friends at, at a derelict parent's house, 1130, painting nails, listening mm-hmm. to Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. How Duran Duran sounded in a surround sound theater through a 85-specific era shitty tin box speaker in a movie, man. He knew how Rio sounded in like the mid to late 80s. Yeah. And it sounded fucking good to me. <laughs> I was into this movie. And I'm thinking, oh, are we getting this is this is like a lesbian mm-hmm. high school coming of age story. Cause the way Taylor Russell starts looking at this one girl who invited her over just up the hill from the power lines. I'm thinking, oh, and then she starts smelling her. Yeah. I was just gonna say and that. And I'm going oh, more my. than the look. And now I'm the, now I'm going, oh my in, god. Inhalation. What are they happening? What is happening? What are we even doing here? Yeah. What is Luca Things going are moving, for? Moving fast. Here, this for is this a high school story, right? Yeah. Taylor Russell is so immediately mysterious and captivating. I didn't know we were going rabid. Mm. And when she reaches out, I'm thinking we're so. Call me by your name is super horny. Yeah. In a lot of scenes, right? It's hot. I don't know how many people Army Hammer's eaten. In this last year, but he has documented like hot sex on camera with Chalamet, right? That was steamy hot stuff. Mm. And so, <laughs> that's hot, man. And so, I know Guadagnino knows how to film hot sex, right? That you watch next to strangers in the dark. Yeah. I've been there, I've done it. And when she reaches out and puts that girl's like ring finger in her mouth, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> what is he doing? We're ten minutes in. Oh, I know this the is the first this is sleepover. Five minutes in maybe. Man, right? yeah. if you went to a, if you invited a girl over to a sleepover and she's sucking on your finger, twenty minutes in, what? <laughs> what is happening? You're growing up in front of other people. You're growing There's up. Two in other fr- girls under in a the room. table with girls painting their nails with candy. Yeah, you're growing up, right? And I'm like, God, man, this guy knows how to capture a vibe. And then one of the most disgusting things happens like, that I have ever seen, man. When Taylor Russell chomps down the screams of this girl, mm. when her finger is getting skinned 
like a chicken wing. Dude, it's not it's she's got a bite. Yeah, man. She clamps down and scrapes this girl's finger flesh you right off. You basically see her. the little bone dangling <sighs> out and holy shit. Brother, I got I went on a ride. <laughs> this movie took me on a ride. I bet. 10 minutes in, I'm getting into this like coming of age him his own style like comfort. And then this movie just went out to make me feel like sad hmm. and in love and uncomfortable. Yeah. This is such a beautiful movie about the need for love. Even if you're someone who has to do bad things and the difficulty of love in these situations, right? And and like the quickness that all of that can happen. We are finding out some things about Taylor Russell that she doesn't know, right? Hmm. When she begins learning about her cannibalism and how it's a thing, man, yeah, the her, visuals her you're dad getting knows. Her dad knows. You know, when you said probably an alcoholic, that's what I'm thinking too. Not the driving her home part. That just looked like fun grease monkey dad, like yeah. teaches fifteen, you know, seventeen <laughs> year old how to yeah. drive, right? And but yeah, when he's just in his like boxers and white feeder with like a fifth, and then he locks her in her bedroom, just like, oh man, this guy drinks and he gets mean. Mm. This single dad is protecting his daughter from him. No, man. We find out quick. He's protecting himself from her. Wow. <laughs> this And when she shows up uh, bloodied, having run home she after bites that girl, eating this she finger. She scrapes that finger off and has to she swallows it covered too. in blood, man. She, she's, she doesn't spit that finger out. She goes ahead and eats that flesh. Vampire movies are always so good. So many of them are so good at, at like that kind of homosexual lust yeah. <laughs> it's like always implied and some of them get hornier with it than others right i was gonna say this feels a lot more like a vampire movie than your normal cannibal movie the, these people aren't just sick in the head this is like a craving they need that they cannot stop themselves uh yeah like an addiction the way that you know the hunger the, the exactly that you get in this a is a va- this is all they can feast on yeah they aren't limited to it they don't start going gaunt you know they can have like uh some diner food but when yeah. the craving for for human flesh comes it comes strong and it gets stronger the older you get they start going this is all vampire lore stuff mm-hmm. just done ba- just in a movie based off a young adult novel it was like Twilight, and then uses none of the themes of that novel and does his own thing. Oh, really? I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, I saw it was based on a novel, but this feels like it's it was like a all novel him. for teens. Mm. So I think that's why so many people, oh, Chalamet, it's gonna be like a teen mm-hmm. romance, yeah, and it is that, but it's also a lot more. <laughs> it's sadder. Yeah, it's lonelier. Well, yeah, she, uh, Dad, essentially leaves. After yeah. this happens, well, they this move is, somewhere else. We get rushed and, into and jumped into their life and catching up with yeah. what happens where they have to flee then. He tells her to gather everything she can in three minutes, mm-hmm. and they are gone. It's not the, You could tell it's not the first time he's done this. We realize that like it's not necessarily they're a, a poor family who's barely getting by, right? They, they're on the run. They're constantly like living a life that they can pick up and leave yeah. in three minutes. They're De Niro in heat, but lower class, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Anything that they could just pick up, go now. When she's pounding at the door and he's fallen asleep on the couch and she opens the door, he, we know that this has happened 
several yeah. times before. He gives he, her that, like, could, oh, you did. No, oh, no, on. you didn't. All right, get the bags. <laughs> Not long into the movie, he's gone. He takes off. They flee again, and at a certain he, point, he leaves she's, her like she's eighteen years old, right? He yeah. leaves her some money and a recording of her life story yeah. and her birth certificate, and yeah. he's gone. There's nothing more he can do. Yeah, and then we just learn of this. You know, some of these movies that have really affected me over the last few years. Same year, Crimes of the Future. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that we're consuming so much junk because we have no choice because we live in society, right? And eventually it's going to breed this just different species of people, right? They can only start consuming that. You know, the old ways are going to be forgotten, right? Mm -hmm. We adapt to our environment kind of idea there. And so, yeah, this idea that among us there could be cannibals. And the movie doesn't say how many there are. That's this fantasy thing that's no different than The Shining, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Sleep. We've seen these themes explored in these different compelling ways, and it's fantasy. But he makes this movie feel so real to me for something that we have, you know, no real proof exists well, like, in any way like this. Yeah, aside from the flesh eating, there's nothing like supernatural going on or anything. They can smell each other. Yeah. They have a height. They don't have a smell. glimmer. Um, but yeah, there's no. Uh, uh, Oh, God, what was the doctor's sleep? There's no smoke that they inhale <laughs> they or anything. They don't get any steam. Steam. They just eat people, man. But There's no talk of steam. Otherwise, the whole movie is her, like, buying a bus ticket. How far can I get with this much money? You know, being alone in a diner, uh, fending off weirdos. And it's like she's on the road trying to essentially trying to get to her mom who's in a, a mental institution yeah, it's a road up movie. in Minnesota This is or a something. road movie, man. So then, yeah, she's just on the road. This isn't a horror movie. This is clearly a road movie. Yeah. This is a romance, right? It was billed as a horror movie over everything else. And there are I think, I think scenes if you include of horror flesh in this, right? Eating, yeah, you have to put that in but, there, right? you know, there's been noble movies like this. There's, you know, Claire Dennis. You ever yeah, seen yeah. That, that movie Beau Travail? No. It had the same kind of like, why am I getting so emotional during this dancing that mm. we felt during Titan. Mm -hmm. That scene in Titan felt pulled directly from her Beau Travail or The Intruder. Like, she's an amazing director. But she did this movie called Trouble Every Day mm. with Vincent Gallo. And it's Vincent Gallo looking like Donald Sutherland looks in Don't Look Now. <laughs> okay. And it is like him learning he's a cannibal. Oh. And so it's this like dirty Vincent, you know, Vincent Gallo's like one of the main fuckers. Like, you know, it's yeah. dirty, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it just brings that certain level of sleaze. And yeah. it's just like That's that. His thing. It always gets, and just like Bones and All, which explores the themes in very similar ways, I think, it's always written about as a horror. Hmm. Always. The same way Don't Look Now is always written only about as a horror, not like an intense trauma about your dead child. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so this is always appealing to horror fans, but it is so much more than a horror movie. Just because there's skin eating, mm -hmm. and there is. They dive right in, man. They eat people still breathing. We see skin eating. <laughs> and it is not sensationalized, but it is like really visualized. Well, it's... Realized. Uh, in, in this one, yeah. it's. Uh, I, I kept thinking about how mostly you see cannibals are either like Hannibal Lecter cutting up little 
filet mignon out of people, <laughs> right? Or the, or the Hannibal TV series was dirty. Or it's like you know Yellow Jackets where they're having to survive. But yeah, to see these cannibals in this movie just pick up an arm like Night of the Living Dead, yeah, go to town. But is in this soft, really vivid upsetting. color and. Mm-hmm. Eating it like people and with do. no sensationalism or anything. Yeah, just seeing them sitting there, and uh, the first time we get, yeah, well, before she even meets uh, Timothy, she meets Sully, dude. And uh, let me tell you, who I loved in that first scene, <gasps> Sully. Sully is an all-timer character. This is an insane performance. Back in our Tar episode, this is when I was kind of griping about Bones and all. Mm-hmm. This movie got entirely ignored at awards season right but like this movie's filled with people that have been there that they would love to how did this movie miss so many eyeballs and so many so much acclaim mark rylance is an oscar winner yeah you know he's a spielberg certified oscar winner right i think his imdb calls him like the greatest british stage actor of all time he has multiple tony wins this is like emmy wins right yeah this guy has been there, and he is, like, coming on huge in the last... Bridge of Spies was, I don't know, 2015, 2016, yeah. whenever. But he was in Dunkirk, which is the the other thing I've seen him in. And yeah. uh, I heard the outfit is great from it's, earlier this year. The outfit was awesome. Yeah. And he owns this movie. It is, like, a 90% Mark Rylance performance, mm-hmm. right? This guy is captivating and weird and different. And he has never been weirder than this movie. Oh, it's going to get weirder. This movie, he is... Sully is such a person that doesn't exist but feels real. Mm-hmm. He is like a boogeyman, but also a a bald, awkward, middle-aged man wearing like shorts and pulled-up hiking boot socks. Just a dweeb, but so threatening and yeah. unsettling. At first glance, he kind of just looks like a, a white guy like adopting a Native American kind of he does, look. He's got like vague, like I'm one-eighth Chippewa <laughs> vibes and leaning hard into it. He's got it. a big like vest on. He's got vest with the, a the lot of flair. The ponytail of gray hair. I right? love the array of enamels he's got on that. Oh, yeah. Like, he's his got a lot of flair. Of, this guy big. immediately strikes you as a weird collector. Mm-hmm. Collectors in a movie where I know that skin eating is on the table, major red flag. Turns out you're right about that. He is a collector. You get collector vibes from him immediately. He does not ever come off like a dude with good vibes in any scene, right? He always. There's no twist at the end. This is the kind of guy that if my dad somehow ends up watching this movie, if it's ever on HBO, and he's mm. watching it late at night when he shouldn't be because he gets scared. <laughs> Don't but do like it, it at the end, he'll just be like. When Scully, when Sully's like a bad dude, he'll be just like, "I knew it." It's like, no, <laughs> Dad, it's there all the whole time. This guy, he's and, never, yeah. I mean, he's always creepy. He he is uh, so threatening while being just a sixty-five-year-old paunchy British guy. Uh-huh. How's he so threatening? Is it the way well, Malkovich can do threatening? I think it's the way he approaches Marin uh, Taylor Russell's character in the middle of the night, and just being like, "I smelled you." <laughs> I smelled you down the road. <laughs> was that it? Was that it was leading it. with talking about her scent? Yeah, I think I've been waiting for you. When there's nobody around at a nighttime bus station in like Ohio yeah. or Nebraska, I don't know. I think it's funny as Maryland. soon as she leaves town and gets on the road, she meets nothing but cannibals. 
just a line of cannibals out yeah. there on the road. She did not ever even think but, about herself as a cannibal. And now she's just like, I'm meeting like two cannibals within a week's yeah. span of each other. And then, yeah, Sully's like, you come on with me. I'll, I'll hang out with you. I'm, I'm first, let me say I'm loving I'm, the Sully. I'm really into this. <laughs> you watched this like two weeks ago. So this is like a week ago now. retention. Yeah. On this, have you Sully been... is seared into my brain. This was a character that was like I was watching every tick, every little stutter. He's got a lot of stuttering. He refers to himself in the third person. <laughs> oh man, Sully likes you, and he's a Ricky Henderson, Billy Bob Thornton, yeah, freak show. He brings Marin to the house that he's staying at. It's clear he doesn't live there, and uh... <laughs> yeah, he is a questions <laughs> avoider in, in some creepy ways, right? And uh, He's like, oh, you, you, I bet you're hungry. And he pulls out some like little Cornish game hens. How, and then she's like, what is going on here, Yeah, Sully? what is happening, Sully? <laughs> Dude, a lot of things are happening with Sully. Brother, you want to talk Foley work. How about Sully doing a hard palm press on mm. these Cornish hens? You hear Crackin that spatchcocking sound, man? Yeah. When you talk about creepy things to say within like, Ten minutes of meeting someone. Smell ya is up there. Start leading <laughs> off with uh, "I smelled you a half mile away." <laughs> He's, I can't do it here, and we're all the luckier because one of the most horrifying elements of Sully is how Mark Rylance brings to life the most dangerous man you've ever met that also has a tooth whistle. <laughs> Yeah. The tooth whistle he brings to this character. I don't know if I've heard a better tooth whistle outside of Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty's King of the Hill lucky accent is a thing of tooth whistling voice beauty. Absolutely. And the way Mark Ryan, Every sex pest sounds way worse with a tooth whistle. Other people can maybe make it work. Mm-hmm. Tyson could maybe made it part of his charm. And got away with being a sex pest. That's probably you the have thing, to right? also be the toughest man alive. Yeah, a lot when, of sex pests have been punched in the face, probably at some point. Sully is a guy whistle. who has to live on the fringes. This guy is off society's grid. He's way off the and grid. a freak. You know this guy is a freak. You know every part well, of this guy is a freak. Right? He's, he is committed to the lifestyle. He yeah. knows what he is. He's clearly been doing this a long time. And he's acting like this is Tuesday, and I've got a new friend to have over for dinner. We learn Mark Rylance is so good. We learn and <laughs> know so, so much so about so good guy. in this. Up to this point in the movie, where we meet her, where she has her first known encounter with another feeder. When's the last time you fed? <laughs> Sully hasn't fed in weeks. Oh, oh Sully! Yeah. What? Oh, what are you doing? Yep. These two girls behind me thought they were just seeing a Chalamet movie. And they're seeing Rylance in his briefs way before they see Chalamet in his torn jeans and his tight pants. Yeah. And we hardly know anything about her as a cannibal before Sully jumps us into the lifestyle and what freaks. Once you hit 60 as a feeder, you're a freak. <laughs> you can't avoid it. No well-adjusted feeders by the time you're 16. He's so far things. down that highway You're now. down, man. Yeah. You've lived alone. You've lived a solitary existence on the lamb. Mm-hmm. It's near dark without the friends. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of near dark vibes, but like without the gang. Like if no you're just gang. One you're alone. Old vampire on the road. You, you can barely trust others. It's more like the road. Mm-hmm. You know? 
What scared me so much about the road were the collectors. When you see collections of anything, it's bad. Pile of bones, that's bad. <laughs> I'm just looking at all the books on your shelf. Yeah, <laughs> All of the stuff that I've hoarded into this room. Pile of clamshell VHS cassettes, yeah. bad. <laughs> A lot of red flags behind me. A lot of red flags in our <laughs> peripherals right now. Eric loves collecting. <laughs> but if you walked past a room in my house and saw like a bunch of different size shoes in a pile. <laughs> yeah. That's it's a like a different level of like red flag, right? Right. If and, you had like 13 cars outside. Yeah. All dilapidated. And, and Sully's got like so many red flag collector things. And key among them. If I ever brought out like a kind of duffel bag that was folded in kind of cheesecloth, and then I brought out like an eighteen foot length of human hair, like what would you do? Like how quickly would you <laughs> well, find a way out of there? Luckily, he does that after they eat, so after she's feed, she's already man. been committed to this. Uh, yeah, as we learn about her feeding history, we don't see visuals. This movie is so disgusting, but when I look back on what was actually shown. Mm-hmm. It's so little. <laughs> it's so little compared to other things that he could have shown. It's true, yeah. And gotten away with. I've seen way gorier movies than this. The Scream movie was like more gory than this movie. Yeah, but this has got the perfect like let your mind do the work kind of thing. He fills in these gaps with words and vivid descriptions. And just crunching sounds a lot of and times. And this foley work. Yeah. The feeding sounds. My lord. But when we're learning Marin's history as told by her father... Right, he leaves the tape. Things that she doesn't know about herself. When he found her as a three-year-old, having like bitten through her babysitter's neck, and she killed. Her hands she killed off. a babysitter. She killed at a three. babysitter at three. She finds from, out from eating her. Like you already know, you skinned this girl's hand, right? Mm-hmm. You know who you are, and you know why your father's locking you in at night. But you find out the first kill, the first time you found out, man. You got a one and a half years to find out if you got a feeder. <laughs> it's gonna happen. You, you know, he, know he doesn't bite as much as he used to, so I've got hope. You got, he's yeah. better. He's better at eating, yeah. right? But yeah, he's he's getting big. It's like, man, this kid could take me. This kid, <laughs> if he starts chomping, tank, right? <laughs> but what we don't see at all about her history, the stuff that we see, she's so convincing at what she doesn't want to hear. The times where she has to shut off her tape recorder. Because it's even too much for her to learn about yeah, herself. Yeah. The, well, she's a monster. Like the thing is, like they're presented as normal people. These are monsters. Yeah. Marin is a monster. She's a man eater, literally. That's not something to encourage in society. She finds out that she's killed boys, like innocent men. Like she's killed normal men. Normal men in her life, right? This babysitter. I know what she did. Which we don't see any of her kills, any of these things. And it's so disgusting in how much I can picture them. Mm-hmm. Just hearing her father's heartbroken voice describe coming home thinking that he had come home to a massacre. He thought his daughter was dead. And right. that they had been victim of this horrific break-in. And then when he starts... Yeah. He's so good at painting this picture of coming home one day and seeing something that changes your life forever, a visual that nobody should ever have to see, right? And he's so good at describing it and making me think like, yeah, what if I come home today and just saw a massacre, unexpected? But you come home and find your baby with a human earlobe in its mouth, sleeping so peacefully, 
what happens to you? What do you do? Well, then I, I this like is the part as, where, this is making yeah. you answer a question that you need to answer quick. I, I like the part of the the dad telling the story on the tape of being like, "All right, kind of thought that might have been a one off." Mm-hmm. You know, you're just a three year old. <laughs> hey, kid. we don't know what happened here. Maybe Nobody a, actually maybe saw this. Maybe it was a big this. tantrum and things got out of hand. But yeah, then when she does it again at age eight or whatever, then it's yeah. like, then I knew what you were. That is so scary to me. Learning, you know, having that happen. And how awful the next five years of your life must have been. Just the fact that it happened at all. How much would you think about that? And he makes you think how much you would think about that. And for them to it to happen again. <laughs> After and like again, five or again. six years. Yeah. And then you can see how tired he is and how sad he is still. when he's The words that he paints, like how he thought it was over. And he knew he would have to start letting her live like a normal kid at some point. Mm-hmm. And he thought, she could do this. Maybe she's like, got this, right? And then that like, but you're clever. You were so clever. And just like, oh man, kids go missing. This girl is a monster. Yeah. Well, also, when you're first hearing that tape, um, you've heard nothing about the mom. Just that she's somewhere else. Yeah. And so, yeah, when later... We learn, spoiler alert, that the mom also was a, These feeders a feeder, breed an feeders. eater, whatever they called them. Yeah, we find so, that Timothy Chalamet. We find out his father. Yeah, fed. So think of if if you as a husband find out in the course of your relationship that the wife and now the yeah the child are these monsters. Yeah, this this kind of stuff affects me not because I'm super worried about marrying like a, <laughs> like an alien or a droid or anything, but. Um, when I look at the movies that have really like affected me deep, it's this idea of love with that which we're not compatible with, under the skin. You know this this love that you can show, or the seduction parts of ex ma ex machina, mm-hmm. where the those human sensibility, or you know, uh, that where, where your logic is the Joaquin taken Phoenix over movie, by you know, the emotion. Her. Yeah. Right, her was such a powerful love story with Joaquin Phoenix and a voice, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. And when you find out about this world and this this way that humans can fall in love, right? There can be things we don't know about someone while still falling in love with them. What he does so well in this movie is all those moments that resonate me with me so well about a good love story. Those things that you remember where you're just meeting a person and it's happening quick. And those moments where you realize that this person excites you a little differently Mm. than some other people you met. You know, those moments of falling in love with someone that you didn't know a week ago, let alone somebody who has the same secret that you're confronting. Right. And you're in a different part in your path. Right. But this is a different person like you. Those movies like Near Dark are so good because it's not a. It's a cool movie, but it's not the Lost Boys kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's an isolated movie. It's lonely. These people live some part of a life that maybe was cool, and now they're riding it out. And it's a nomadic lifestyle. And they they don't they're not happy about it. There's a point in the movie where she's like, "So what? It's just 60, 70 years of this?" Yeah. You just like this is this is what, this we is do. what I have to look forward to, just like going from town to town. And you you find out quick. Cra- you know, it's like 
it's it's yeah a drug addiction or some of those. So I just what just do heroin until I die. Yeah, I need oh, heroin, and I have to do more and more heroin. The old the the longer but if I, do I too survive, much, I the die. more great. heroin I have to do, and I have to like somehow evade capture of all these. I have to figure out how to outsmart and outstrength. You have to kill men. Yeah, right. To feed, right? You have to learn. You have to do things. You know, if I if I go to jail, you know, I'm gonna have to do things to survive. Shit. I get it, right? Yeah, it's part of the thing. It's what it's why Hitchcock movies are so scary. A crime happened that you're like, I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> happening, guys, because everybody in those Hitchcock movies knows like I have to do things in jail, yeah, and you, these people are in this jail where they have to do things. Once word gets around in jail that you eat people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, no. <laughs> you gotta do things, right? Stuff happens to you. You have to learn to live your life differently to survive if your goal is survival. And without knowing much about these people or being given many visuals or talks about their history and how long it's happened, you get what can happen to people and what will happen to people. After 60, any survivors? Fucking freaks. <laughs> the worst and the weirdest and only the freaks make just their get 60s weirder. because this is a tough life to survive. Mm-hmm. This isn't the sexy vampire lifestyle of like, well, I have couple of nubile young ladies up to my castle on the edge of town. No, man. You got to you got to go to Missouri. You got to go to Nebraska. Yeah. You have to go to Kentucky. Well, and like uh the thing that struck me too was like they're not eating like pretty people. Or like uh Sully in that first scene, he's broken into this old woman's house cuz he could smell that she was dying. Yeah. He's and, so uh, advanced as a feeder, he smells he, death. And they also all have their kind of set of rules, right? So Soli was saying his rules are, you know, he doesn't eat another eater. And uh, he doesn't kill people. He just lets them die. Yeah, and then yeah. he feeds on them. So you're out there eating old ladies, you know? And you're out there eating, like... It's Renfield eating Rednecks, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're eating drunks. You're eating people <laughs> yeah, exactly. who won't be missed or were already on their way out. If you want to survive, that's what you're doing. You are exist right? you are existing off the easiest to coal member of the herd. Yep. Right? And the more your survival instincts are honed, the more you can be like Sully and sense that. So you can live on these outskirts. But he lets us in with little hints that he does this when he can. Mm-hmm. If there's a need, you have to go to the situation. You can't let the perfect situation come to you. You know, there's con man that can hold out until the perfect con, the one with the great odds. Mm -hmm. But then there's the ones that just have to gamble and have to do it, right? And they need to feed that. And these people, you get to a point, you have to feed. She's not getting to the point where it's as much of a need, but it grows. As we see her grow and learn more about herself in this life that's in front of her. And the conflicts that you would have with that. If you were told that you couldn't ever button down in one place again, you have to just continue killing and feeding and inventing your own moral code for the rest of your life, that you can't live by society's laws, but you also have to remain unnoticed. Man, that's asking a lot. I don't think the... Uh, yeah. I think it's similar to podcasters. You either do four episodes of a podcast or you go past 200. Right. You yeah. are either like... In the road, I would be the people that's just like family in background hanging in a from a barn rafter. That'd be me. 
I'm not quiet placing it. No, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah, and like, I'm think, piecing out of I this. I think if right? I had an uncontrollable desire to eat human flesh raw off the bone, uh, yeah, I might not so want to explore the, that so for 50, 60 thing, years. Apocalypse? No, kill me. Mm-hmm. Just throw my body in a ditch. Do it quick before I change my mind. I don't want to survive in this apocalypse. But like the modern world, and I had to eat people? <laughs> I think I'd be more willing to eat people. I think I could exist mm. on the fringes. Okay. I think I could give that a shot. Even knowing that future gamble is like, best case scenario, you're Sully. That's a hard future. This movie did not show any cool, like, 62-year-old guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I eat. You know, he's in a smoking jacket. It's like, no, man, they're free. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, there's no lector here. Or it's there's Michael no- Stuhlbarg. Now, how did that guy survive so long? Because even at first glance, that is a that man's trouble. This man survived by by just being in Kentucky. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's some states. He, get, of the he gets Union- a cop to join him on his. Uh... Oh God, the side stories in this movie. Yeah. This is a road movie. This is a good road movie, man. Let me say, we have we we're like 45 in. Part of the mood of this movie that just brought me in. We've talked all about Luca's style. The score work by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Perfect. Mm-hmm. These two, man. I I love Nine Inch Nails. They're busy. Man. Give me Pretty Hate Machine. All day, right? I love this. But from now on, I want Trent Reznor dedicated full-time to score work. This guy's brilliant. He pretty much is, right? This guy, he, he is prolific. <laughs> They're doing he quite a bit. He works. Yeah. But his scores, when I think of the scores for the last few years, guys like, uh, you know, the Radiohead dude, Green, mm-hmm. Greenwood, Greenwood, and his scores for Paul Thomas Anderson. Trent Reznor's right there. Same kind of evocative oh, yeah. moods yeah, yeah. That, that Greenwood gets. His social network score is phenomenal. This guy has been putting in this work for a, over a decade now. I, well, I also feel like I did not, I ha- watched the movie all the way through. And was like surprised to see that it was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross because I think I always have kind of a rock and roll or heavy hard kind of sound, and this you're thinking the electro. There was a lot <laughs> side of, of like here, uh... acoustic guitar work, and there's all... a there's a ballad at the end that they wrote and sang for this movie. That's like a very not sappy, but just a very like tender. Ten. It's soft. That's a good word, but like it's a honest. very tender like '90s ballad. Very vulnerable, yeah, and uh, nowhere to hide in the mix on these on these notes right. that are hit. Uh, I love Paris, Texas. Mm. Talk, you're talking, you're talking road movies, kid. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> something about these foreign European directors knowing exactly how to capture the ennui of like the American Midwest, yeah, or the American Southwest, like it's, in Paris, Texas. It, it's uh, made me think of Easy Rider. Just like the counterculture, of course. You know them against the world, and then Jack Nicholson pops in for you know ten minutes, kind of <laughs> right. stuff. You know, yeah, you get these pop ins. Yeah, you get Lucas Skew showing up in Easy Rider, right on the commute. You get these pop ins, and this movie is all pop ins, but it captures this this vibe. These Europeans' beautiful take on these flatlands, mm-hmm. and Reznor's music. It's like Ry Cooter's sparse little slide guitar in Paris, Texas. 
that frames these frames Houston and all these areas so well. The music is so important and so perfectly captures these these scenic shots once she meets Chalamet because she runs, man. She runs from from Sully. Yeah. She feeds with She's him, though, which is this crazy, intimate thing for something so disgusting. It's not quite like surgery sex in Crimes of the Future, mm-hmm. but when he's talking to her, and you're kind of getting these hints that maybe Sully's just a weird guy because of the lifestyle, but not a bad guy. You know, maybe the threat isn't there, and you just kind of can't help it when you're a 65-year-old cannibal. The threat's implied, maybe. Right. It does kind of give you a sight from Sully's side, right? And now you I think get... so. I, I believe Sully when he says he has no like ill intentions towards her, towards Marin. I don't you know, know, man. I don't think he did either. Now that I'm three or four deep views on this movie, I didn't notice before how heavy Sully looms over this movie to mm-hmm. like the third watch, right? Because Rylance disappears for quite a while. She flees that guy's house, and he is making the weirdest sad dude loser expression when he sees her running. It's really creepy, yeah. she. Uh, they, they have their moment where they're all bloody together, sitting there, digesting. And after, then... the, after this old lady dies, it, this movie just confronts the honest indignity of death. None of us is going to die in a dignified way. Our last moment is going to be one of our most undignified moments of our life. Probably. None of us are going out good. The best is just you in bed going, and that's it. That's the best. That's the best we can get. That's the best. So this woman, this poor woman has just showed just, yeah, at one point you're going to be 90. You're going to be a widow. The kids are grown. You're still living in the house you and your husband shared, and you're going to fall. And nobody's going to notice you falling for a day and a half, and that's long enough for you to eventually die. Yeah. And this cannibal is just living in her home, waiting it out, knowing that, confident that nobody's coming, right? And when Marin knows that this woman passes, she can smell it. The vivid description of her smell, mm. of this dying smell of her flesh. And when she goes into that room, man, Sully is already waiting. He is basically in briefs and nothing else. He is stripped he's, down he's for his He's made a feet. hole in the You see a brief like hole in the side where you know he is just like nose deep in this flesh already. This He is going in like a pie-eating contest exactly. to this oh, woman's yeah. pancreas, man. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. The second yeah, this he's going right for the organs. He let this woman die, and we don't know how oh, much con- so gross. He let her die, and he was... He was waiting outside that door. We don't see it. We see her walking in, and he's on all fours, just head up. Hmm? <laughs> Hyenas just going at it. Yeah. And she goes right in. She doesn't. She's not stripped down. She doesn't down. say anything. She just she, she just dives in, picks face up first. an arm. She wants it. And we cut to these sounds off camera as we're just seeing this woman's life in pictures. Yeah, <laughs> all on her bassinet, you know. Ah, uh, good times. Seeing her vanity mirror with, with a picture of her looking beautiful in her 40s. Man, I might be eaten. I don't know. There's a non-zero chance Tacos eats my body. Well, right? Yeah. He, he's going after my... This dude loves me like no other. He would eat my face. 
you're eventually going to get eaten <laughs> like, unless you get unless you burn me. up, right? Some dude that I don't know and will have never met is going to be hand like throwing around my dead carcass like just a sack of potatoes. Just somebody in a in a walled-in room just whistling maybe with like earbuds in mm-hmm. is just going to throw my body in like a sack. Like it's going to happen, right? So I don't know, getting eaten in your in your <laughs> master bedroom by this movie messed me up, man. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. This movie yeah, so, makes me think, wait, whatever you and I got, it's got to be fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, like you said, she runs. She gets back on the bus to keep going, and then she sees Sully on the corner just giving her the sad puppy dog, but also like, oh, shit, Sully knows where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> and he showed me the hair braid, and he knows where I'm headed. Yeah. And, man. Sully, what? Sully ate his, ate his own dead grandpa when he was a baby. Oh yeah, I love how every cannibal, uh, except for her, but every other cannibal has to tell their story. Like yeah. pretty much as soon as they meet another cannibal, well, they're she like, wants well, to, let me let you in on where she wants where to know. She is inquiring of Sully, she, and well, every and she uh, wants else. to trust story. She knows that they shared an intimate moment. Yeah. You know, this is you look at any coming of age moment. You know. The romance between Chalamet and, and uh, that cannibal dude worked so well because I bought their passion. I bought what they were experiencing. And I bought their newness to the thing they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. They were feeling these new feelings not just for each other, but for this experience, right? And he's just so good at capturing that. And Taylor Russell plays right into it. She is experiencing something so new. Not just living on her own now for the first time ever. Coming to terms with this life that she did not choose. Meeting the people that are her technical peers. (laughs) While at the same time having a curiosity. Wanting to know how different everyone's experience was to hers. Because she wants to learn more. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know much. So she's learning about herself and a lot of it's bad. But they can love like us, right? Yeah. They can love like normal people. And God, I fell for this movie. Well, then I also, fell for the love that gets shown in this movie and the fear that that love has to fight through. Yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting too that uh, she, shortly after the Sully incident, she's uh, then finds herself in another town and finally sees Chalamet at a little convenience store, where he's acting kind of the hero of the day by uh, escorting a very rude drunk yeah, man out of drunk, the store. drunk, belligerent man that he confronts fearlessly. And then we see, of course, uh, after that, he's eaten. He's eaten the man. He'd eaten the man. Uh, yeah, she sees him eating the man. And she just kind of, like, clings onto him because she needs some someone, right? She At first, it's just like, all right, this is a, a guy more in line with where I'm at, younger, at least in my generation. And uh, I feel like there's... A, the, the romance gets to develop between them where at first it's like, okay, let's just get out of here together. Yes. You know, and then they end up being on the road and you do see them fall in love. It's not just this Romeo and Juliet love at first sight kind of thing. Yeah. The romance really just gets to develop. Yeah. And yeah, it's a Which marriage. I like because it's... they're they're like friends for like that first, you know, 20 minutes they're together. They're on the road. She's got to get up to Minnesota. He's like, all right, well, we'll stay at my my friend's my aunt's house for a while then we'll go on you know so it's just kind of like a couple people bonding yeah it's a bonding it's a road movie it's a new experience and it's these lonely people 
And, you know, just like in Apocalypse movies, you can only rely on your own personal sense of trust. Mm-hmm. Anybody could be lying to you in your life now, right? And that's what she says to Sully. She's like, I, I don't hate you or dislike you. I just don't trust you. Yeah. And, she, and you know, a lot of red flags. Probably a good reason. Good yeah. reasons. You know, a lot of times <laughs> our gut instinct is right. We can lean yeah. into that thing, right? We lean into these instincts that we get as humans from living a life, right? So who can she trust? And these two people that don't know who to trust that kind of fall for each other. It's, it's a marriage of convenience, right? But, you know, this movie doesn't waste its time with the body disposal or mm-hmm. the aftermath. We don't mm-hmm. deal with the grieving families. People are going to find these bodies. We learn how much these people have to feed and how they have to survive and go state to state. But, like, do they dispose of them? Do the cops find them? We're living in a world where cops are finding mutilated, eaten bodies. That woman's going to be found. That old woman, no matter how careful, right. that body's going to be found by someone. And they're going to know. For I was thinking this, too. It's like the, the forensics are going to know those are human teeth. <laughs> yes. Making those marks. They aren't, like, putting in fake animal <laughs> scratching claws in these things, right? They are diving in with hands and mouth. And, yeah, and they're not wearing gloves, so the fingerprints are all over this old lady, the, the, the parts that stick around and their fingerprints are all over that house yeah they have to be but do these have she's used to this though Mm -hmm. she is used to already her whole life has been uprooting constantly you know she is only making temporary friends this movie start is such like yeah she doesn't have any long-term plans obviously uh uh-huh and so she is getting these glimpses of what that is going to turn into and so it's really good for the character of meet a guy like Chalamet early, where it's like, okay, okay, there's some cool people out here. All right, this guy seems pretty stand up, right? He seems okay. He seems like he's he knows what he's doing. And, and uh, yeah. And, you know, looking pretty cute. This guy is the <laughs> cutest 120-pound boy you've yeah. ever seen, right? I do love how they, they have to address that fact in the movie. He has to make some kind of comment, like Robert Forster with the hair. <laughs> He's got to be like, well, when you're 140 pounds, sopping wet, you, yeah, know, you got to have a big you gotta, attitude. You got to really get his twink, like sexy twink persona. They show over, him without right? his shirt there after he's eating the guy, and it's like that dude is skinny. Yeah, he's a skinny boy. He's a and, sinewy man. But one of one of my favorite reads for Taylor Russell when we get this long shot of her and Shalami standing maybe like 15 feet apart, where she knows he's come from feeding. And honestly, these people are in a, a lusty haze after this it's euphoric Mm, mm -hmm. it's not treated as horny as crimes of the future feeding which is all cronenberg because it's obviously just like i'm putting it inside myself yeah he has to do that right like these people are feeding and it's clearly orgasmic but it's not uh as like it's for fucking like cronenberg it it made me think of like that feeling when you've had the the big thanksgiving You've, you've spent three days making dinner. You put all this sweat into it, and then you finally get the big plate, and you can eat it and unbuckle the belt a little and just like, uh, it's this you It's that letting out of the whatever the pressure that's been building in them. A euphoric come down. Yeah. Like when you're getting over the flu. Right. And you're just like, yeah. You're just, yeah. Uh, you, like you, you just feel better. You do your right? taxes, and you have a drink, and you're just like, all right, that monkey is off my back. But it's just this bloody, dripping <laughs> mouth so and bloody. chin. And, like, you are feet, like, You're covered in it. 
you're just they're not dainty with like i said eating. it is a pie contest man yeah. you are just getting it everywhere and slopping <laughs> and that's why you know it's this euphoric thing because they aren't just like all right i gotta be chill here eventually it's taking over you yeah and you are just like oh <laughs> just like put it in my mouth and when she so sweetly and like like a kid when she says you know i smelt you i, I didn't know i could do that mm. like She's already growing these powers. She's living on her own, and she's already figuring out how to do these things. Right. And it's just something so sweet, thinking she was the only one. Her whole life, she's been the only one. She's kind of like a really fucked up (laughs) X-Man. Yeah, man. oh, there's other mutants out there like me. But think about if you had something like that or some compulsion, any compulsion, and you were 18 years old and had never met anyone Mm -hmm. that had this same feeling. Imagine if you were you were gay and never met a uh, never even heard of another gay person, right? For 18 years. How awful your life would be. And now a week in she's meeting like the worst version. She's really setting her parameters on mm-hmm. the other people like her. Right? She's like, "All right, we're getting the the polars here." And she's watching Memphis wrestling. With the beautiful voice of Lance Russell and Tennessee Stud. Didn't expect a Tennessee Stud Robert Fuller cameo, man. I knew as soon as I saw the the wrestling on TV, I was like, (laughs) Eric's definitely written about that match. (laughs) It's like, man, how does does this guy get me? How does he get me? How did he he make me fall in love with the story and call me by your name so effortlessly? How did he make me just sit back for Suspiria and just be like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. we are into this, right? How did 45 minutes and he's like, you know what? You know what Eric's favorite 80s (laughs) wrestling territory was? Put in some Memphis. Exactly. We're going to need to hear Lance Russell on commentary out of nowhere, 40 minutes into Bones and all. We're going to need the Tennessee stud Robert Fuller out there. What? Big star in Memphis. 70s through the 80s. Great. Real coxman. I like to think. Of Why Luke, are we Luke, seeing him in this? I like I, to think Luca Guadagnino is a huge professional wrestling fan. God damn! It's all about the pageantry. He he gets it. I love this man. Right when he knows exactly what love I want to see, and also be like, you know, what wrestling commentators his favorite Lance <laughs> Russell. We're gonna need Lance Russell in this movie, but man, when you meet Chalamet after meeting Sully. You go back to the guy that you just fed on's sad bachelor apartment, play his old Kiss records, take a shower, you know, look at some nudie mags. Mm-hmm. Once you steal a truck and go on the lamb, you find out early on that a lot of the cannibals you meet, they're all freaks, man. Your life's going to be nothing but a freak. How can you exist in a normal way when you have to be a freak to exist, right? But... Listen to our Call Me By Your Name episode. Michael Stuhlbarg is so good. One of the greatest actors we've been given over the last 20 years. Every time this man shows up. A serious man. Mm-hmm. His performance in that Coen... When these actors that you've never seen in a Coen Brothers movie step up and be, oh, they understand everything the Coen Brothers need from this. A serious man is top-tier Coen performance. And he's not even Cy Abelman in the movie, <laughs> right? You get him and you get Stuhlbarg and Cy Abelman, the great Fred Melamed. Wow. You're talking Hugely books. underrated Coen Brothers movie. Incredible flick, right? 
Stuhlberg just carry like owns this movie. What a performance! And call me by your name. The scene towards the end of the movie when the affair is over, and without addressing what happened, the way he talks to his son Timothy Chalamet was so sweet, mm-hmm. so loving, and so accepting and insightful. He hints at his own near romance with a man without ever saying anything this father just kind of maybe even lucking into finding this con- the right connective words that his son needed to hear and he wanted to say such a perfectly acted scene from both of them and it was one of those yeah. where it's like oh well stuhlbarg's on the map for his great boardwalk empire character mm-hmm. one of the best parts of that series his great serious like this guy's on the map this is it this is the role where he's like yeah this is what the importance of one five-minute scene can mean to a movie. So I thought I had seen and been familiar with what Michael Stuhlbarg can do and how much he can control a scene. Mm-hmm. But, man, I have never seen him like this. Unrecognizable, practically. What a creep. When this we is meet the Jake scariest in, part of the movie. This is the horror. Outside, the skin eating's never presented as horror. He does slit a dude's throat after after giving him an HJ in a cornfield. But uh, is, that what, start, is that all he was doing? He was standing kind of behind him, doing like a reach around okay. thing, kind of feel. I was him. like, because yeah, there's that scene where they they yeah he he seduces the night carnival guy, and I was like, is he having sex with that man? I mean, before he's he having a form of co- copulation with a man, he's giving him a. Look, man, in prison, you got to do things, right? <laughs> Again, we're going to yeah. have to do well, things. Well, yeah, when you were saying that earlier, I was like, oh, they had to do things in this movie. Yeah, you look, you know, it's one thing if you become a feeder and you are strong and smart, you know. If you're 140 pounds soaking wet and you look like, you know, a little uh, rent boy, <laughs> you're going to be jerking off some men in cornfields, right? <laughs> You're going to be jerking off man under bridges at 10 a man, right? Because some of them you're going to eat. Presumably he's jerking for the ones he's... I don't know if he recreationally jerks off men. We see a little glimpse into like one quick vision nightmare of his at some of his murders that he's had to do, right? Mm, right. Just a few scant images, but enough to piece, enough to visualize. But when you're talking horror, this movie is a horror. It is Jake and Brad. This... Is unsettling. Scully is so. I know. I right? said Scully <laughs> one more time, man. And Scully uh, doesn't like you messing up his name. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Coming back strong. Your Scully's just peaking in the second I, half. I think I might be Scully for Halloween this year. You see me <sighs> growing a braid. Whoa. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dieting down to Chalamet. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tidy whitey's blood covered Sully. Oh yes. (laughs) What other Sully can you do? Right? What other? Yeah. Full steam. Meeting Jake and Brad. These are the good old boys here. These are the oh man. David Gordon Green and Michael Stuhlbarg, the casting for this. When you meet overalls with no clothes underneath, Mm -hmm. almost always bad. Like I guess at best it could be just a chill dude, but at minimum, chill dude on a commune. Yeah. Well, like a chill dude that's been like digging in the dirt all day for yeah. a living. Yeah. The only time in this movie where two cannibals kind of meet in a cute way 
is is her and Chalamet. Because everybody else, it's like even cannibals that have been eaten for 60 years, still bad at approaching other cannibals. Yeah, it's awkward. You it's, know? It's, it's a bad icebreaker. It's tough. Yeah, this yeah. guy comes, this guy approaches him like, like you moving into an apartment down the way. He's just like, I brought a sixer. Well, uh, they, yeah, they're, they're I brought like, a case, figured, uh, you know, a couple of feeders can hang out. Marin and, uh, yeah, Lee is Shalomay's character. Yeah. So Marin cool. and Lee are like camping out by the river, and these, these rednecks just roll up real fast and hard. And it's a like one exit out kind of. Yeah. yeah, they're they're, little, they're trapped. They're in down there. a dirt road back in this little alcove along. I don't know. It must have been in Missouri, Missouri or Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. It's all kind of in that area. You know, they are in this private little. Imagine like going camping with your woman, even if you weren't cannibals. You just went camping. And yeah. you're like, no, I know this little place. Like, Normal. I've seen it from the river. Like, you can get there by this little frontage road. And then these two dudes show up at, like, 11 p.m.? Mm-hmm. What? And they're friendly, but it's like, even though, you know, they come up and they're like, hey, we smelled you down the river. If you catch my drift. Uh, that's cannibal. That's cannibal. smelling we do. We know. Yeah, you don't. This is the whole thing. Acting friendly, but it's that weird, like, I don't want to shake your hand because you're weird. But yeah. like, you're making me shake your hand. and You know, once you're a part of the lifestyle, one of the first things you learn is you don't just show up to the orgy naked. Like, you build that. Mm-hmm. The nakedness happens. You, you know how gauche it would look if you ring the doorbell and you're just like, you know, like, it's, <laughs> no, man. And, but these guys show Been that, there. like, you don't necessarily learn charm to survive. You can do it roughneck style. These guys come up with beers and just like, well, I smelled you down river. Oh, wink, wink. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, boy. You know, Stuhlbark, for, he might as well have been played by, like, David Keckner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, not far off from a David Keckner vibe, but if David Keckner was, a, a, like, a serial psychopath, right? But, yeah, he's just, is as an actor, he's just giving off these vibes of creepy and yeah he's not just a good old boy you could tell he's dangerous and then i I just when i said that thing earlier about how they always have to talk about their cannibal experiences it's like we cut straight to like them around the campfire and him being like yeah so then this guy caught me eating someone (laughs) it's like you guys have anything else to talk about (laughs) no man are you kidding me they don't go to the movies (laughs) If I met another weird guy who had my thing, you're going to compare notes with the other couple guys that you meet that yeah. have your thing. You compare, you know, if you're a guy who's, my dad collects antique bottles. Yeah, yeah. Man, he knows guys. They only know this thing about each other, but he's known them for like 35 plus years, right? Mm-hmm. They know each other. They know where they live. They've been to each other's houses to just sit with their hands in their pockets and kind of stare, and they talk bottles. They don't talk anything else. Yeah, right. This is what they do. They're going to share cannibal notes, man. They clearly are shitting, shitting at the, you know, just <laughs> with their little, like, they're, fu- they're telling funny stories. This guy's still beating me, man. Let me tell. <laughs> like, they're just riffing, right? They're telling this other kid. Except this movie knows all the people with the worst vibes are cannibals and cops. Exactly. David Gordon Green's cop, who we get to learn is voluntarily feeding. See, that's disgusting. 
This so is such a level of depravity. I couldn't tell if he was eating people or just a watcher. Like, I got the sense that he, they meet, uh, yeah, because the cop is watching Kentucky Cannibal eat a From guy. From a tree. And, uh, yeah, I just remember it's like, he's like, keep keep eating them. And so, yeah, I couldn't tell if he was actually eating no, people. No, no, no. He, he, he reveals like, that like he's a few bodies in. Mm. This guy is an apprentice, and he participates. Yeah, yeah. It starts Cannibal Padawan. one time. I, I believe Stuhlbar even says, like, the first time he was watching, by the second time, it's like, show me. Mm. Like, show me how, right? He wants this. Well, you, you take an arm and you bite yeah. into it. And... <laughs> going to be no fun to eat cold. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just they, no got their, they got their own inside job. I bet my dad could kill with some, like, well, you know what they say about bitters bottles. Just like, <laughs> I don't know what they say. Do you guys know what they say? Because these guys all just like, do me now or fuck on, because, man, once these are cold, it's like, oh, yeah. And they're just sitting in the campfire just like, yeah, man, when they're cold, they're just not as good. That's funny because we do we do want well, yeah, them warm. And, and, uh, yeah, Lee and Marin are obviously not enjoying this conversation, but they're no. like, yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, when you're just like forced into a group with people and you're just like, mm-hmm, yeah. And like you're, one guy starts getting kind of racist and you're just like, what do when do I step in? Here? Yeah, this is just <laughs> like something. everybody else has seen you talking for forty five minutes, and then they're already mentally associated with this person. And he's like, and another thing about the Jews, and you're like, no, what? <laughs> Hold on, no, I'm not with him. <laughs> I know we're, the, I know we have the same thing, but man, voluntarily theater. That's it's like up. nobody was voluntarily eating plastic. People mm-hmm. died from eating plastic in Crimes of the Future. The idea that somebody's just like. Turning it into a fetish. When you learn that you're not only coping with this life, is it really that different from people like Marilyn Manson thinking he's a vampire? Exactly. Get, yeah. Working yourself into a shoot that you're actually this guy, and here's this dude just being like, I'm a cop, so I'm already this level of sociopath. I want to eat dudes. I imagine it's like what people with celiac disease feel about just like regular gluten-free people <laughs> like no man this is not a lifestyle choice yeah man <laughs> i have to do this i cannot eat that bread i have to you do choose. this man yeah <laughs> so i had forgotten about the title of this movie and wasn't expecting to hear it dropped i just thought it's like yeah, oh, yeah. man this is the titular Bo- conversation everything, right when stuhlbarg drops the bones and all we'd already seen flesh eating and skin eating and skin scraping it had never actually even with the title cross mind it's like oh yeah what are these cannibals just grinding these bones down to dust they're either leaving skeletons in the house or we find out that you can evolve further and just eat the evidence eat it all like a trash compactor before this it felt human but just a forced on humanity something mm-hmm. about eating bones man that sounds wrong. Animals don't eat the bones. Yeah, yeah. Animals ain't breaking them open and we getting get some that marrow, marrow out yeah, there. Yeah, we might get some marrow. No, not all bones and all. No, man. My cat was In this le- economy. My cat was leaving the skeletons yeah. for us. You know, it wasn't eating all the some of the bones it ate, but man, you found stuff. When you're eating the human bones, man. But maybe they do grind them up and like mix them into their coffee or whatever. Because uh, this is not the first cannibal movie we've done, and. That that scene when he starts talking about the bones made me think a lot of Durfan. Oh wow! And how that girl ate that dude girl ate for that like man. twenty minutes. Yeah, bit by bit, blender full of bone by blender full of bone. She did it, and then like spread the rest of the bones out like dust. Yeah, 
So I don't know the lifestyle. And what I love is this movie doesn't show me any of the bullshit about the lifestyle. You're finding this out in real time, and there's stuff that you don't see. It doesn't bog down in these details, but bones and all, man. They do kind of give Stuhlberg a little bit of like, bullshit, bones and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah Marin, is, Marin is strong. She has every reason to be intimidated by almost every other person like her that mm-hmm. she meets, right? It is an unsafe world out there, clearly. Uh, she is not done anywhere close to the depth of things that she's going to have to do, right? That's the most depressing thing about apocalypse movies to me. Mm. And the stuff like The Road captures it really well. Is that, like, you think this is bad. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're going to have to do, right? Yeah, yeah. This is as good as it's going to get. And every day is going to get worse. There's a great line uh, when Sully shows up after, uh, you know, the second time we see Sully. He says, like, it's, she goes, like, it's weird that you're following me. And he's like, it's going to get weirder. <laughs> it's going to get weird. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, I, I, didn't, I, did, I dropped this thought earlier, but it wasn't until the third time I saw it that, man, I see Sully's band everywhere in this movie. I know. I, I, it I need is to watch all it again over the place. To see Sully. Following he them, is right? following this girl scene to scene in this movie, even though he disappears for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. He is following her. He is a presence. I don't know how much of a subconscious effect it had on me, but like, oh man, once I noticed it, it's just like, oh my God, how long is that? It's like noticing a thing and it follows, right? How yeah, long has yeah, that yeah. band been down on that street? Or it would just change. Like, he drove by in the Jessica Harper scene. You see a van just mm-hmm. cruise by her front uh, picture window. Man, but the incredulity almost that Stuhlbarg asked them, like, you haven't done that yet? Oh, you haven't gotten to Bones and All yet? Oh, it's this kind of gatekeeping within the community. Yeah, yeah <laughs> He's absolutely. gatekeeping the Bones part. Uh-huh. Oh, you haven't gotten to Bones. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, you haven't heard those bootlegs? All right. Yeah, it's such a gatekeeper move, just dropping it in your overalls, drinking your, your classic bud. Mm. But... It sounds so stupid, and she calls BS on it immediately, right? She sticks up for this. She is uncomfortable with them, but I like that we didn't have to go through a dumb scene of her and Shalami being like, we need to leave. We need to leave right now. No. They're playing. They're survivors, right? They're mm-hmm. riding this out. But the way old old Jake says, there's before Bones and all, and there's after. Like, oh, man, you're crossing over. Right there's a, a, is this the point of no return? Because mm-hmm. he's needling Lee, because Lee's still trying to live kind of normal. He's kind of portraying himself as a drug addict almost, just to avoid admitting who he is to his family. Right. Right. So he's in. He's still go- going back for visits. He has a a place that he is yeah, kind of not accepting. He's that he's trying can't. to stay connected to some real world. Yes. You know, and then, yeah, later in the movie, they try to live as normal people. Kind oh, well, of that's thing. when it gets, you know, so good. Uh, so much better. Yeah. And just when they get the hell out of Dodge, when old Jake and voluntary cannibal Brad, who says he's building up to his bones and all, just like a guy that doesn't have to do. And she, the way she even calls that, like, you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to do this. This isn't fun for me. Yeah. Like, this is a thing you want to do, this. right? Yeah. 
You want this, like, handicap? This this burden? This is your fantasy? Freaks, man. And then we just get this hot stretch of these two learning each other, right? When they flee out of there, and it is scary. When they are trying to roll the car in neutral, the fear that it won't start. That's horror. Yeah, that is the horror movie portion. Mm-hmm. This, this eight minutes of is horror movie. And he starts to stir and lumber and run towards him when he breaks out into that sprint. That's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. They leave that man in the dust, and then they fall. You are now... Thankfully, we never see Stuhlberg again. Nope. Yeah, Sully is lurking everywhere. I'm so glad he doesn't show up anymore, because yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. That guy and his cop buddy, man. No thanks. And... (laughs) Those are the worst kind of It's really smart to give us that kind of scene, that kind of heavy hit, that kind of near escape, and use it as a jumping off point for a bond, right? We have escaped that together. We, we like, wordlessly navigate. We know what the other wants. Right. They kind of realize they're very much on the same wavelength. Yeah. No one's going bones and all in this truck. You know, we're... Their codes we're match here, we're up. We're in this together. And their, uh, yeah. their bodies are matching up. <laughs> and when we're just driving around Iowa, listen to like Joy Division deep cuts, mm-hmm. take me there. I want to be in that cab. I want that. Just slashing a young Carney's throat and then just feeding on his breathing body. Mm. Yeah. Take me there. Nighttime carnival scene? Has Give to me be more. Done. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Any good road movie is going to have a night carnival beautiful and i do like how it, they they kind of have their own code you know sully's got the code where he doesn't want to kill people they're okay sully with... also lies well yeah <laughs> sully's code is uh on paper only. but their code is kind of like uh mild assholes who don't have any uh family or connection <laughs> like we have to make sure we see the the carney who's working the uh bottle booth you know yeah the, the milk jug uh toss the ball in the jug we have to see him be a dick to a kid <laughs> first. Hey. And then it's like, all right, this guy's this guy's eating material. He's kind of a dick. You know what? You know what Chalamet <laughs> really does really well? Flirt with dudes. <laughs> yep. I am he's got a, he's This got a guy skill. is so good at flirting with dudes. He fit, who is not charmed by him, right? This guy is playing at both sides. And mm-hmm. he in movies. Luca Guagni is like if I, need, if I need a man to kind of toyishly flirt, the eyes he was exchanging with this slick back haired polyester shirt, Iowa amusement park, yeah. Carney, right? Yeah. It's not the first time he's uh, been gay for pay. Yeah, man. The hustle side of Chalamet is real. Yeah, right. It's got that same Franco energy, but way more twink. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> brother, it's hot. That cornfield hand job, Luca. Luca gets it. He gets these life experiences. And none of mine have ever ended with my throat slashed and two people feasting on my, my innards. It's, you know, you got to be careful with those, uh, those hookups. You know? Yeah, man. It's too good to be true. It probably is. It's dangerous. Yeah. We don't know what's out there. But as Marin gets deeper into her story, even panics, leaves Lee, leaves her support circle. This is a tough life. Well, she, yeah, they eventually reach the mother. When they find her grandmother, or whatever their yeah, we start with yeah, we see is. the grandmother. Her first. mother's mother, who mm-hmm. she thinks is she's. This is the one thing she's kind of following loosely. Jessica Harper. Wow, 
original Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Great performance, right? Great role in Icon. the comeback, Suspiria. Yep. She's another Luca regular. Exactly. Arnie's the only guy that didn't get the call. <laughs> no. Arnie got shut out. That you guys, that guy is on the skids. <laughs> the cannibal movie made by the guy who was like, you're be- no, I can't get that. Man, can't get eaten in this town. <laughs> what a... S- <laughs> yeah, you know it's bad. You know, we, we love the, the eight-minute performance as so key to a movie. This movie is nothing but iconic eight-minute performances, right? Stuhlbarg is right. perfection. And Jessica Harper. Her sad, real scene with Marin. Also, full Chicago accent, Jessica Harper. She looks like she looks like my grandfather's second wife, Irvine. She reminded me a lot of my grandma. Yeah, um, man. Smoking. Irvine with her old, with her house pants, kind of bitter. Smoking short with you when she needs to be. Yeah, yeah. What a woman. Not the sweet grandma you envision. No, yeah. This is my the, grandma. Uh, this is my grandpa's second wife yeah. after his first wife died. Irvine was Midwest, right? So seeing yeah. Jessica Harper with her. And, man, Irvine had this hair, too. My grandma was from uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. Oh, wow. Love it. Yeah. With her full Chicago accent, right? And just, you know, confronting things she hasn't had to in a long time. When Merritt has to finally break it down, just like, look, we're never going to see each other again. Because she starts asking questions. She wants to learn how she is this way. Nobody's asked about her mother in a long time. Mm-hmm. And we find out more that this woman is alive still. She's been committed. When Taylor Russell breaks it down, you give me this information, I will never talk to you again. I will never ask if, you know, did she hurt people? She's so offended and hurt, but this was a baby that she adopted. Imagine you being unable to conceive a boy and you adopt a cannibal baby? <laughs> Charlie, I wouldn't know would what bad. to say to you, man. It would be bad. You couldn't tell anybody of this. No. This becomes your life. There's no chance, man. If Henry ate a man, like this weekend, and you came over to record because you're like, we have to be normal. Nobody <laughs> can know. There's zero chance you would have brought up to me and just like, well, Henry ate a man this week. Yeah. Nope. Your life would now be a secret. And every hour of every day is preserving that secret. That's how almost every person in this movie lives. Hiding the biggest secret of their life from everyone constantly. That is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie is sad Yeah, and these awful. are not happy people. No, this, is, this grandma is like, I hope you mean what you say about never seeing me again. Because yeah. I don't want to see you. I don't want nothing to do with you. And she You're is still doing Midwest polite through it all. Yeah. Just like, I am sorry that I have to say this. And she means it. Oh, this yeah. is not a mean woman, right? This is a woman who, like, I did pretty good I with this baby, right? Like, I adopted a kid and had to raise, like, a tough one. I got a toughen, right? It's a real we-need-to-talk-about-Kevin situation that you just happened into. Tough draw. And she did okay, considering, right? She's trying to put this behind her. Finally. Mm-hmm. And so then we get into the probably the only part of the movie I didn't love. In this movie filled with weird and kind of haunting nuance for something very, could have been very exploitative. 
Chloe Seventy goes just like full like retard faces with like <laughs> ar- just like like just yelling and like getting her arm nubs and just Chloe Seventy just clank mitts this horrible. If everybody else did like, you know, we can put them up for the eight minute Oscar for this one. Chloe Seventy's just like, well, let's get to the last thirty here. Yeah, let's get past this. That's tough. Yeah, that's the, a tough draw. The mother there. who's eaten her own hands. Yeah, she, she's such a cannibal. She's committed to take herself off the streets because she didn't want to keep eating people. Yeah. She couldn't adjust to her life. She brought a child into the world. She wanted out. She ate off her arms down to nubs. She's got a weird wig. What happened here? That Yeah, the, the sanitarium scene is a little tough, and it freaks Marin out justifiably when her own mother lunges for her and tries to eat her a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Just a chase. Yeah, but... So, Thankfully, the mother has written a nice, eloquent letter before all of that oh, to man, explain we got to her how uh, fucked she is. <laughs> he crushes everything so well in this movie. And then this one scene, we get Chloe Seventy having to make just like dumb faces mm-hmm. while being restrained. While we then are like watching Marin walking around reading a letter in real time. But it's like narrated terribly by Chloe Seventy. She's like... What happened to this? What does this added in post? This vibe in this is so off and wrong. Not off in a like I'm scared way, but just like, boy, we really are just like, all right, yeah, we can have this narration over this, and we'll just tell the whole thing. What a mm-hmm. odd fumble. There's a few <laughs> moments like that where, yeah, it feels like maybe that's what catches me off with these uh, the cannibal conversations because it it just feels like really like let's drive this plot forward with this conversation. You know, and there's there's a really great scene at the end where she's forcing Chalamet to kind of tell his story, but it does feel a little bit like tell the audience what you did. See, you know? I think he's so good at doing it where we want to learn this information, but this is all stuff that she. I'm not sure I wanted to, to learn. Well, you know, <laughs> well, I want to learn more about how these people exist. Yeah. When you're a person who is, knows nothing about the life that is going to be your life for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And you have the confidence to ask questions. It's an entry to find these things out. But this girl's inquisitive and trying to find out more this whole time. And I love how they juxtapose when she's getting Chalamet to reveal. It's not because she's like, I want to learn what to expect. She's trying to unburden him. Because hmm. he's carrying guilt around for this. Sully's a psychopath. Jake and Brad, they're a bo- level of bottom feeder that... We don't know if that's as bad as it gets. What's the worst cannibal like? What's the most derelict cannibal, right? How ba- how much worse can it get than Brad? Yeah. Also named Brad. How The indignity of being eaten by a man named Brad what's who the, isn't even a real cannibal. I was going to say, what's the name they give the guy who eats the chickens in uh, Nightmare Alley? Mm. Like that level of person. Yeah, man. What's the, what's the cannibal level of like the, the geek, geek? The geek, right? Yeah. What level of cannibal is just like, I was born for it. It's like, yeah, no, I smelled that guy. So I knew that guy smelled fucked. That guy's bad. Bad smell on that dude, right? I was born for it. Yeah. Sully almost hits born for it levels, right? I smelled you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, born for it. And <laughs> Sully, the body movement on Mark Rylance when Sully makes his presence known again. And he shows up outside her convenience store, right? When she breaks away from Chalamet, he swoops in. Mm-hmm. He's the creep waiting for the girl's boyfriend to mess up, right? 
so he can be the Sully's still here. Sully, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Sully, take your steer. As he sidles, just like, just sidling in. And he says the creepiest things, but within their world of what's sexy and what's vulnerable, they kind of make a lot of sense. There's this line where he's trying to reason with her. And saying just like, you're like my daughter's age. And she's like, is that what this is? Because I'm getting a lot of bad feelings here. He's trying to get in there and he's a lonely man. Mm-hmm. What a sad life that nobody asked for, right? He just He's just existing. How many times do you think he's gone up to a young girl and given her the old uh, I smelled you thing and she just runs off screaming like <laughs> the fact that he got Marin to come home and spend the night at the house and to feed with him and he says something when she finally says I don't want to be with you and he gets mad and he tells her like what does he say he's like I cleaned off next I to you I dried off next dried to off you next to you I dried but then like I, he had a very intimate experience with her yeah that something night. that he's literally never experienced and uh, yeah to him that was like a life changing thing where now he's going to follow this girl and try to imagine like yeah imagine if you somehow lived a life where you like didn't experience a hug until you were 62 imagine like yeah. feeling somebody embrace you for the first time how foreign it would be You've never had this, and you've had to live this so solitary existence. He's felt a thing and experienced something new. All of this guy's new experiences for the last 40 years has been ways of like evading police, mm-hmm. struggling and almost letting a guy murder you probably multiple times it happens when a guy gets the drop on you that you're, I don't know, sneaking up with a fucking plastic bag. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he's had to do it a ton. When he realizes that something exists like a hug, right? Or like a human kiss. The power of drying off next to someone. Is that I'm, like, not, I'm not even sure I know what that means. You just saw like how much the drippings dry? there are? Just letting the blood dry no, on you? getting cleaned up a bit, yeah, you know? Yeah, when yeah. You're, so you're not dripping slurry all over the place, right? <laughs> you're getting stuck. You know, you got cotton, your stubble. It's like everywhere. So you got to get some of the chunk. The staining's going to be there. But you mm-hmm. get some of the heavier chunks off, right? And so just the idea of being with someone and sharing. Post. Yeah. Post-consummation. There you go. Yeah, right? He fed with someone, which he implies, disgustingly, if he's never dried off with someone. He never said that he didn't feed with anyone before. That's the little clue there about, does he never feed on other feeders? Feels like he... Feels like Marin's one of the first people that he hasn't. Or it's like uh, the pack of lions. You know, it's like, like you're talking about the hyenas. It's like they just come in while he's they they smell him eating someone and they come in and eat real quick and take off. Yeah, I, that has to exist, right? Yeah, that has to be a thing. There has to be more scroungers. There's got to be those, yeah, those scavengers. And I, when she has this pretty rough, pretty bad run in with Sully, he's throwing a an awkward like tantrum. The way Mark Rylance is stomping his feet and kind of leaning awkwardly, like kind of butt out against the van, just like taking a breath, right? Trying to control that inner rage in there. Yeah. Yeah. And when we get to her and Lee's reunion, I like how it's 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 drama free. He look it. He we know he's looking for her. Mm -hmm. 
and they just get there's right no, back. There's no, yeah, where have you been or yeah. what are you doing? There's, we don't need this. We get yeah. right back together. There's this connection. They have it. She's learning. He understands it. He understands her. Nobody else has understood her. He does. I buy it. Mm-hmm. We got him splashing in the waves with Arnie Hammer. We got him swimming in a creek with him. Here we get him just swimming out under the fireworks. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Russell. He's oh, kids. yeah, he's camping out at the lake. The story, so I love when she is getting him to tell a story about him fleeing and killing his father. What's burden? She's unburdened. He feels guilt. He doesn't want to be a bad person. He expresses a couple different times that he doesn't want to be a bad person and doesn't want her to view him like a bad person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to slit the throat of a guy he's cranking off in a cornfield. <laughs> you don't want to do it, right? No. He doesn't want to kill a Who guy that, that operated the mouse trap earlier. No. You want to stab the kid that threw up on the Gravitron? <laughs> he doesn't want this life, right? And so I love this release it gives him when she asks him, you know, how did it feel when you ate your dad? You ate your dad. His dad was a feeder and came after him with his teeth, right? And when he says, felt fucking good. I ate him right the fuck up. I ate him right the fuck up. I got to tell you, there's this very emotional scene where he's crying and talking about how he's, uh, you know, his dad hit him and his sister and they, he beat his dad up and he's going through all this like, you know, father, son Real, trauma. Yeah. And he's like, I ate him right the fuck up. <laughs> I, I was it. just like, oh yeah, cannibals. Right. We oh. are still talking about cannibals. The, but then the way he goes on, it's just like, I felt it in like every nerve. It just was like electricity coursing through his body. That feeling of like, I have to do this. This is like me. Oh, and him getting to admit that. He's never been able to tell that story to a person. He can't tell his sister why he doesn't come back into town more often. Mm-hmm. can't tell his mom why, why he seems like a, a junkie. He's a junkie. And he can't tell anyone. And he can tell her. That's why I love her drawing this out of him. Yeah. Listening to George Strait. <laughs> new order right but yeah let's be people let's be normal people for a while let's be them god damn i wanted i wanted them to have that life i always root for the abnormal people the abnormal they want to they want to blend yeah they had this life it's, what a cute life their little apartment she's working at a bookstore yeah they it's a very nice reprieve from all of the desolate isolation and they uh, yeah they just seem like normal people. He's cooking eggs. He's talking on the phone to his sister. I do like the nice detail that they can uh, they can eat like diner food too. Like they're cool. Mm-hmm. They just like when it's a when it's time for a human, you know that this yeah. steak and eggs ain't gonna subsist. Yeah, they're just they're physically they normal be. people. They've so just this is got them some sort fully of... be cosplaying as normal people. Mm-hmm. She's got a job. They read books. They got this. Cute she reads a lot existence. of books. I uh, meant to look more into that because. She seems to have a very like specific book every time. There's like a s- different scene. I, you can you know? vividly see the title, the title of the book she's reading. She's reading right? Tolkien in the beginning, and at one point, uh, they talk about some. Yeah, I, I should have uh, made some notes on that, but definitely purposeful. Yeah, references there. She's curious. Yeah, she's a curious person and smart, right? Clever. So and them good. living this normal life is so sweet. And of course, it goes terribly. This sucks. dude doesn't Mark, last. Doesn't Mark last long. Rylance. What a perf- what three scenes uh, in this movie? Yeah. 
wow our, our total fi- powerhouse our finale is yes yeah, sully tracks her down again and this time sully's worried about how much she knows about him i think the the key when we say how many other you know young women is sully scared away with it? it's like i don't think even though she's met a couple of feeders in this one week few too many i don't think the coming into contact is that common Mm-hmm. This feels like he finally, after a long time, got a taste for what human connection can be. He has never seen whatever Chalamet and her have. He's been following. He's been watching. He's never seen this connection. Now he knows what's possible for someone like him. He has never gotten to participate in human society. Right. He hasn't gotten this yet. When you get a little taste, even if it's... Or he's never opened himself up like he did before. Yeah. Emotionally, right? Never. Even if he met another eater or feeder or whatever, they, maybe they, uh, they eat someone and go their separate ways. But this time he actually, yeah, you could tell Sully had this connection with her too. He experienced something new. Yeah. And new experiences are exciting, but now he is so desperate. He has been alone for a very, very long time. This guy is a loner. and A rebel. He has honed his skills, he's fed, he's killed, he has survived, but man, he is alone. This is the most divorced guy ever. <laughs> yeah. This is the worst, he's the worst Kirk Van Houten. This guy oh, is down bad. And he wants to borrow a feeling. Yeah. He does. This is such a sad ending and so uh, viscerally violent. The people that were here for the romance behind me were shocked. These yeah. people were upset after this movie because this is not a happy ending when sully is not going to take no for an answer he's killed lee's sister i know he is yeah off-screen death find out about him you see the hair yeah see it in the hair break god that length of hair hard red flag disgusting the hardest flag man the final comfort the final murder him lying betrayal plastic bags over faces disgusting stab wounds a lot of stabbing you don't get a dignified death your death as a cannibal is going to be bad the blood in this movie the blood soaked into floorboards the mess that was created with this struggle this looked like desperate stabbings yeah this was the desperation and realness and rawness of this fight was so messily real you know it's like how i love people getting freaked out in the middle of car chase scenes everybody who's ever been in a car chase in real life has been losing their mind <laughs> there's not one person out there that's keeping it cool right all these people that want to envision themselves as the calm cool john wick stabber no it's messy like this you can get an you can catch a stray real easy yeah you we've never stabbed a man eight times in the torso right some of these cuts are going to be going to be nastier than others you don't know what it feels like to the blade going through organs. Really getting into this. Right? <laughs> She's feeling it, man. They're dragging these this body around. Sully is screaming through a plastic bag. That's a tough visual. Air sucking into a bag. That doesn't mm-hmm. tighten up my throat at all. This struggle is bad. This ending is bad. Chalamet's bleeding out. He's getting cold. When you're 140 and you get stabbed, you're bleeding out fast. She, he gets his lung punctured, I think. That uh, death, one point. dragging Sully into the tub. They drag him into the tub. She's yanking she, out his organs, she, man. She goes wrist deep into him. and yeah, Just punishing that's, him. To, that's one of those days where it's just like Mark Rylance, this 
esteemed British actor just like, today I'm going to be in a tub screaming as if yeah. someone's pulling out my intestines. They are. That's uh, that's a day of work. Uh, Dude, biting Sully's hand, get him to drop the knife, stabbing him, ha- just digging, this, digging his hands into the body, man. It's Cronenberg level of stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, they had to part eventually, right? This is a quick romance with a quick flamed ending. out, flamed out hard. Yeah, that's when we get our really beautiful Trent Reznor song. Mm-hmm. This is an open song. This could be a laughed at song. It's honest. It's not borrowing a feeling, but you have to buy into this, right? From, well, from, over, overlaying this very yeah tender soft he's dying out he is not coming back from this over yeah over the visuals of the blood and the violence is a very this violence is real contrast this makes me this made me feel the whole time what it would feel like to actually be stabbed there's also this really intense scene i think it happens a few times in the movie where you just get the sense of like how quiet it is outside the apartment oh beautiful right glad you mentioned that you're having this big struggle people are screaming and then it cuts to like the street outside, and it's just quiet birds and stuff. And then it's just back to the, then it's just like this hard cut back to like, ah. Yeah, it's this constant reminder in this movie that that these people live among us, right? Right. They're existing behind walls that you might be walking past on your commute home. Exactly. That's uh, that struck me so many times in this movie of just like the violence going on around you in America. Or how easy anywhere, this but, would be to just blend in, right? Yeah. This horrible thing that's happening just on the surface in your own town. And you're just out. Kids are playing out. That cut from the worst stab wounds you've seen to the outside where kids are just playing. All you hear are the noises of kids playing. A joyful noise. And then the worst (laughs) plastic bags screaming ever. Meanwhile. When he's bleeding out and she is, he's urging her to go bones and all. (laughs) Is that hot? That is a pretty good, like, eat me. Go bones and all, This scene that I somehow always bring up, no matter the episode, Bruce Davidson in this movie, Longtime Companion, one of the more emotionally affecting movies about the AIDS crisis. Came mm. out in the late 80s. He's the guy that almost won the Oscar instead of Joe Pesci for Goodfellas. Mm. And it was for this one scene where he's telling his partner, just like, just let go. Just let go. Like, you, you don't need to do this, right? Like, if you're waiting for some kind of permission, just do it, right? And, you know, when you're telling this partner, this companion, like, you're giving him your final wish, right? Go bones and all. Just let go. I want you to be the one. Somebody's going to eat bones and all on me, right? You got to eat bones and all at some point. Eat my bones. If you're a cannibal, yeah, what better way to go out than your intimate partner cannibalizing you? Yeah, right? That's, I mean, how it, that's how it works, let's right? Go full circle here. That's how it works. Yeah. And this song playing, the for a minute you made it feel like home, could be so cheesy. It's like Folger's ad almost, right? <laughs> and it works so good. I was so into it. I loved it. It was. It could have been so. It was just real. Hmm. These moments are nice. Falling in love is is special. Not everybody gets to do it. You know, there's people without cannibalism tendencies that never get to fall in love and they never get to go bones and all they never go bones and all right in their heart (laughs) yeah (laughs) where it counts and falling in love is so special even when it flames out for circumstances that might be trivial 
or because you have a lifestyle that lends itself to young death, mm-hmm. right? It just ends on such a sweet, tragic, but confronts the fact that, yeah, this is expected. It's pretty much how it's going to go. You want the person that you love the most and the only person you ever connected with. You want them to eat your bones. We're all just trying to find some bones to eat, right? Mm-hmm. We all just want to snack on them bones and all. I loved this movie. I connected so, so she goes, much with you, this. You think she goes She goes bones? full bones and all. Yeah. We don't see the bones and all. She goes... But we see kind of like the bloody aftermath, and then it's all... We see the cleaned up floor. Yeah, they're going back to renting out this apartment three uh, months later. Oh, yeah. Someone else is living they're there. Not tellin', they're not telling the... They're not telling the new tenants about the details that they found. Yeah, right. Someone's going to see like a little chip of blood somewhere they near found, that tub. Well, huh. And, uh, and a young boy's shell necklace. That's what it was, yeah. His, <laughs> his little puka shell necklace under the bed still. Hey, kids, you find something at, a, at an Airbnb? Maybe a cannibal. That makes me feel really weird about like the uh, windbreakers I found at our house like under some drawers. Yeah. Freaks have windbreakers. <laughs> Somebody just has a Somebody special jacket just for house. the wind. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. A yep. windbreaker? Sure. This movie hit me. This movie touched me. I, I loved it. I spent the whole year. There was there was a lot of movies I loved in 2022. Really good year for movies. You know, Men, Cons- Nope, Considering tar. everything that happened in the few years before that and how hard it is to make a movie under the best of circumstances. Yeah, the fact that we got so many... Cool directors, all making their cool actors theater movie, making these cool movies. Yeah, truly a fun time to be going to the movies. And I maybe that's what happened. Maybe there was just so much that this kind of just yeah. This is a tough movie. It's a tough movie to sell. Yeah, I can't. I it's my favorite movie of the year. I have not recommended it to many people. I can't recommend it to my parents. I can't tell coworkers about it. Mm-hmm. They don't want this. This is not what they want to see. And it's going to reflect poorly on you if they think it's weird, right? Isn't that kind of a I'm thing into it. movies I, like this? Like, I love the movie Happiness, but I don't talk to most people about Todd's salons. Sure. Yeah. There's a time and place, right? You know your you people. you got to build up some trust You first. know the people that you can come up to with a case and be like, I smelled you. <laughs> <laughs> you smell out your own, right? That's life. That's how we find each other. Right. In the video store back in the day, just in the horror aisle, like, I can smell you. I can smell you. I saw you looking at Frankenhooker. <laughs> you go to a party and there's 70 people there and you don't know, you try and snuff someone out. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you latch on to something familiar. You try and find your, like it happens. But we can eat, yep. we can eat normal like deviled eggs if we wanted to. We don't need people. And... I just thought he presented this need for love, regardless of what we're saddled with, is even if it lasts three weeks, right? There's something special with connecting with mm-hmm. another person like us. It's an experience. It should be cherished. Yeah. Even if it ends with you going like full, like beyond balls deep or whatever it's called for whatever your specific like uh, fetish is. Bones and all, man. I... I don't know who I can tell about this movie. Everybody listening to this, I obviously, obviously want them to yeah. see it. This, yeah, these strangers out here. If you're a freak enough to like be listening to us talk about it, like you need to see this movie. If you're going to sit I would through trust, an hour and 45 minute podcast I would trust, about this movie. <laughs> I would trust you. <laughs> I'm not trusting old like Tony and Tori down the, down the aisle yep. from me. 
No thanks. I don't want a reputation. But did this movie move you? Did this... You were connected with Call Me By Your Name, right? You might not have been crying like I was, mm-hmm. but you felt that romance. How did this feel for you? Uh, Yeah, this was a movie that I bought into uh, all the aspects of it. And like I said earlier, maybe uh, it's like there's a lot of parts where you kind of forget there's there's this cannibal thing going on and you're just watching two people, you know, get to know each other riding around in a truck. Uh, and then when they do go back to the cannibalism stuff, it's really disturbing and gross. Yeah. And uh, I could I could watch Sully for days. <laughs> you want some more Sully? I was like, this guy. I want like a comic book, like prequel about Sully or something. What a character, right? And just to yeah know that this uh, very acclaimed actor took this role on, where he, he knew he was going to have to do some questionable things on camera. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool to me. And yeah, I uh, the the final final shot after the cleanup and after everything, the song's playing and it's this long uh, zoom into you know them in a in a previous time where they're sitting on the uh, god it looked good uh, sitting on a blanket in the meadow and i think she's topless holding him god looks so and hot. it just yeah it just really had that like you know if you can only get that one perfect day with someone yeah you know it, is that worth you know that's worth it you know we look back we've had the privilege of having great days with girls that we are <laughs> we are in love with right there's days that that do stand out for every girl that I loved, right? There's the ones we think about, right? We got to experience their whole little starburst. It's special. I really connected with that, and I love, I just love how this guy films love. Mm-hmm. I love his approach to it. I love his tackling of different relationships and the sacrifices we make when we find love. How important that is. I love this guy's work. I, I celebrate his entire existence. I know. We'll do. We'll, this is a Luca cast now. I lo- yeah. We're exactly. doing a bigger splash. Let's do all the we're Luca. Do, we're doing it. Suspiria. Now we'll never do Suspiria. It's <laughs> because stupid. it's on the list, we'll never do yeah, it. Yeah, we'll never do it. Yep. It came to this. It did come to this. Sea bones and all. It's finally out. It's finally. It spent like six months in purgatory. Two weeks in theaters. Six months gone. It's out. See it. Embrace it. Go into it not expecting horror. Just expect. Expect this world, a real world that might be out there. These people hide. Mm-hmm. I can't smell them yet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't Work on smell your smelling. Them. I got allergies. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you so much for listening and good night. <laughs> <laughs>